Acast recommends podcasts we love. I'm Sam Bungie, one of the hosts of West Cork, a story about a community on the far south coast of Ireland that became a kind of paradise for people looking for a fresh start. And nobody knew their past. You could be who you wanted to be rather than who you really were. Then one newcomer was murdered and another was suspected of doing it. I see him in the market and really he's always trying to be normal and trying to get people to like him. But we all know, don't we? Listen to West Cork now on Acast. Acast powers the world's best podcasts, including the Irish History Podcast, The Two Johnnies and the one you're listening to right now. What would you do if you had the opportunity to do something remarkable, but there were barriers in your way? I don't mean physical barriers, I mean the barriers created by the society you lived in. What if you had the opportunity to remove these barriers for all who would follow you and create a new world for those like you? What if it meant you were to be paraded as someone who needed to learn their place in the world while going for the opportunity? Would you keep going, or would you fall back into the box they wish you stayed in? It's the life of a Dublin woman which answers these questions for us. This is her story. In Dublin City, in 1903, a woman was born. Her name was Una Kyo. Una's parents were relatively well off for Catholics in Dublin at the time. The slums of the city were a foreign world to them, and it was not a world they wished their children to ever visit. Her father, Joseph, had come through tough times himself, but through the efforts of his own parents and family, he made history in the 1880s by becoming the youngest bank manager in Irish history, aged just 24. He saw this not as his own achievement, but the achievements of his parents, who had done so much in order to get him an education during a time when Catholics were not easily afforded one. During his schooling, he showed a unique ability to work with numbers which brought him to his historic role. He and Una's mother Annie saw education as a vital part of life and insisted that their daughter make it her top priority. Joseph, however, had noticed in his rise to the top that the majority of his peers in his career were Protestants from the Church of Ireland. As a result, he saw that for his daughter to thrive, she would have to get the same access to education that they do. He forced pressure on these wealthy Protestant clients to campaign to let his daughter into a Church of Ireland school, where she could make connections which would see her network her way through life. Being a devout Catholic, this hurt him somewhat, but like any father, he was of course willing to put his own agenda to one side for the sake of his daughter's future. Before being allowed in, she had to prove that she could live amongst the upper classes and spend some time in St Mary's Priory, Warwickshire, England. This was a Catholic school, but the idea was, could she be English enough to progress? After passing this social standing test, she returned to Ireland and was allowed to attend Alexandra College in Milltown, Dublin, a Church of Ireland school. From an early age, Una was aware of two boulders in her life she would have to push uphill in order to achieve anything. 
one being her religion, the other being her sex. She was very aware of the imposing male-dominated working world, particularly in the finance world where her father worked. After her schooling, she wanted to study finance, but being a Catholic woman, this was not an opportunity easily available to her. Instead, she enrolled in the National College of Art and Design. This acted as a gap filler for her, as in 1922, through the connections of her father, she secured a role working for a British governess travelling around Africa as a sort of PA. She thoroughly enjoyed her time in this trip. She saw some incredible world wonders and experienced a world totally alien to her back in Ireland. She even became fluent in French on this two-year journey. She returned to London after the trip and continued to work for the governess. Then, after some time writing back and forth to her father, he decided that he had had enough of his daughter being just another Catholic serf to the upper classes in Britain, and he sent her a very formal letter. This letter was not from father to daughter, it was from employer to employee with a job offer. He had offered her a role to work in a stock exchange company he had created whilst she was away, and he wanted her to work as a trader. This company was called Joseph Kyo and Company Stockbroking and was one of the few Catholic-owned stockbrokers in the world. He was setting new grounds again, but this time he was taking his daughter with him. In the time which Una lived, it was difficult for a woman to embark on a career of any kind, never mind being responsible for managing the money of men. She would have to apply to the Dublin Stock Exchange in order for them to allow her in. Normally, your employer would have signed you off for this, but being a woman, Una would have to apply directly herself. Dublin Stock Exchange had never had a woman working for it. In fact, the only women to be seen near the place until this point were the cleaners and those providing food. It was a man's domain not to be interrupted by the trivial issues of women. If she failed to be granted access, it would have been seen as hugely embarrassing to Una's father and would really damage his company's reputation. Una and her father threw caution to the wind and they went for it anyway. She had two very strong arguments in her application. The first being she was extremely capable. Her education stood to her and her father had taught her everything he knew about finance. Those in charge of the process could not deny that she had the necessary skills or ability. The second was as a result of the Irish freedom fighters, the Ireland Una had returned to was pro-women and pro-Catholic. The Irish Free State had formed in the newly independent Ireland and a new constitution was in full force based on the beliefs of the 1916 leaders, Cumann Amon and the United Irishmen. Ireland, for more than 800 years before its independence, was a land of oppressed people. 
the reasoning behind the revolutions and risings was to create an Ireland where all would be free. The dream was that Ireland would be a safe haven for all those who said they were Irish, whether male or female, rich or poor, Catholic or Protestant, or any other label given to us to separate and divide us. As a result, when Ireland did become free, it was vital that Wolf Tone and James Connolly's visions of a free Ireland were released into the world. This combined with the role of women during the Risings and Irish life meant that Ireland was to become a land where women would be as equal to men on all levels. Whilst this wasn't always the reality post-freedom, it was the theory. The constitution was one of the few in the world which recognised women as equal in all ways to men. They were equal to vote, own property, create careers and more importantly be free from the possession of any man. The new Irish Free State came into existence as a result of the revolutionary movement in which both men and women played an active part together. When revolutions across the world have taken place in a similar fashion, men tend to take control post-freedom and banish women back into the shadows. In Ireland, women rose to the top, bucking the trend. Within Article 3 of this new state's constitution, the rights are granted the equal opportunity to all Irish citizens, regardless of gender, and as such, Una could not be rejected based on being a woman. Campaigns were set up to try and stop her being allowed in. Petitions were handed out to gain support to immediately throw her case out. Those high up in the stock exchange threatened to resign should a woman be admitted access. As she went to her hearings, rotten fruit was thrown at her and on one occasion she sat in front of the board with horse manure smeared on her face after being attacked outside the door. She refused to remove it as she wanted them to see what they were doing to her. The upper classes were not prepared to join the new Free State's view. After a three week deliberation, Una Kyo became the first woman to join the Dublin Stock Exchange. She would stay in this position for the next 14 years, proving all the tractors wrong and she became recognised as one of the top stockbrokers in the world. When her father became ill, she took over the business without telling the clients. Even after his death, she continued to receive letters addressed to him saying his performance had really improved recently and they were amazed at the money they thought he was making for them. Una married a Russian man living in Dublin and resigned from her father's company, but not the stock exchange. She moved to England with her husband, where they began a business developing old Tudor houses and selling them at a higher cost back to the upper classes. The couple had a daughter and three sons. After a few years in England, they made their fortune and returned to Ireland to live in Wicklow. Here, they built a number of houses in what is known today as the Russian village. She had changed her surname to her husband's and many of the locals didn't recognise who she was and just assumed she too was Russian. The area is still known as the Russian village today.
The couple split after some years and Una moved to Madrid with her daughter where she taught English. In 1980, after the death of her daughter's husband, they returned to Dublin. Nine years later, in 1989, Una's daughter died. Eight days later, heartbroken at the sight of burying her daughter, Una too died. In an interview in 1971, Una said of her time in the stock exchange, One of the disadvantages in those days was that a woman did not socialise with men in the lounges of pubs. When the men retired to juries to relax after transacting business, I could not accompany them. And even when I went to the races with my father, it was the same. He would go to the bar for a drink, I would have to slip off for the afternoon tea. Una Kyo was not just the first female stockbroker in Dublin. She was the first in the world. It would take almost 50 years for that feat to be repeated by any other woman in New York or London. Today's music was written, performed and produced by Ryan O'Halloran. We the Irish is an Ireland Loves production. If you enjoy this episode and want to help us to create more, you can buy us a coffee at www.buymeacoffee.com slash we the Irish. Or na sanam dum, gurv magut, Acast recommends podcasts we love. I'm Sam Bungie, one of the hosts of West Cork, a story about a community on the far south coast of Ireland that became a kind of paradise for people looking for a fresh start. And nobody knew their past. You could be who you wanted to be rather than who you really were. Then one newcomer was murdered and another was suspected of doing it. I see him in the market and really he's always trying to be normal and trying to get people to like him. But we all know. Listen to West Cork now on Acast. Acast powers the world's best podcasts, including the Irish History Podcast, The Two Johnnies, and the one you're listening to right now.